Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Confluence Cast presented by Columbus Underground. We are a weekly Columbus-centric podcast focusing on the civics, lifestyle, entertainment, and people of our city. I'm your host, Tim Fulton. This week, I sat down with Sarah Perez, the head of the newly formed Overcomer Foundation. We talked about that organization, their mission, how their quote-unquote simple solution can promote economic development and the importance of companies giving back. You can get more information on what we discussed today in the show notes for this episode at theconfluencecast.com. Also, the Confluence Cast is on Patreon. Find out how to support this podcast on our website, theconfluencecast.com, or at patreon.com slash confluence. Enjoy the interview. Sitting down here with Sarah Perez, the co-founder, chair, and president of the Overcomer Foundation. Sarah, how are you? Great. How are you? I'm great. Tell us about the Overcomer Foundation. What is it? How, who, who does it benefit? How, how does it work? Absolutely. I'd love to. So the foundation um, is something that we started um, from just a seed of an idea at the end of about 2017 when I started to take on a leadership role at our law firm, which okay. is Perez & Morris, a business law firm here in Columbus. Okay. Um, and I was really trying to f- sort of find my way and my own ground and what my purpose was going to be and how I was going to lead the firm. And this sort of idea struck me and really pulled at my heart that there were um, women out there in my position or essentially working women, single women who may not have had the opportunities that I had um, education wise and certainly may not have the opportunity to send their children to a child care center where they're and feel like they're enriched, they're safe. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just, it, I was really burdened by it, quite honestly, and became sort of very passionate about it and um, had this seed of an idea, you know, what if we could fill in a gap for these women? Um, what would it look like to give child care scholarships to get these um, these children in a safe place so that mom could then be freed up economically and from a timing per- time perspective to mm-hmm. go and... Um, further her education, whatever that next step may be. And as we sort of unpacked this idea, we realized there were so many other opportunities there from an economic development perspective for our community. Uh, we were fostering safe and healthy families and economic stability for these families. Um, the idea would be that we ultimately are benefiting businesses because we're getting these single moms who may be uh, relying at this point either on public assistance mm-hmm. or are on that benefits cliff where they're unable to take the next step in their uh, careers because they may lose some public assistance that's really critical to keeping their family stable. Um, and so we saw a great opportunity there to help all of in all of these areas. And so it was like, why, well, how could we not? <laughs> right. <know? laughs> well, and so it's one of those things where you identified a gap and you're like, this is a very easy problem to solve with yeah. money. I mean, you need Correct. money in order to do it. Right. <laughs> yes. So talk to me sort of it's from the research I've done on you guys. There's there's two problems you're solving, Mm -hmm. right? There's the education aspect and the workforce aspect of it. Do you believe that beneficiaries or rather do you want beneficiaries as you get going? You haven't given any are we calling them scholarships what are we calling yeah them? i think right now we're going for with scholarships th- let's call them, for the purpose <laughs> yeah. of this episode we'll call them scholarships yeah. 
as you do that first round of scholarships for the kids Mm -hmm. and the moms, um, are you looking for folks who need some sort of formal education in order to enter the workforce? Do you believe that maybe you can help folks that don't, that have that education and are quote unquote ready to work? Mm -hmm. What what are the goals? Yeah, I think it kind of runs the gamut. The big goal is identifying women who are at that benefits cliff where they're, they're really have a ceiling placed on them. Um, They're unable to take the next step. So they're never quite able to reach independence and economic stability and, um, you know, leave public assistance behind and really flourish and be able to be promoted and grow and develop. We, uh, you know, when I think about it, I see this sort of untapped pool. Unfortunately, or fortunately, just kind of is the reality that more often we have single moms than we have single dads. So so we have sort of a... um, we look at it too from a pay equity perspective and a wealth gap perspective. And Mm -hmm. this is an opportunity to get more women actively participating in the workforce. And, um, so that was one of the drivers. I mean, certainly there's this economic component and economic development component. And then the educational side is, uh, we see as well. And I think the research supports when mom's able to get an associate's degree or a bachelor's degree or whatever that next step may be, mm-hmm. there's a greater percentage of, or a greater chance that her children are then going to see that as an opportunity. Okay. And so I don't imagine that from the outset you want to be supporting folks, have to continue to support folks. You correct. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That's You're absolutely correct. So the goal would be to see them through and so the advisory board right now is kind of talking through whether we need to at least at first put some sort of limitation on that but the ultimate goal would be to see the family through the educational program whatever mm-hmm. that may be use and leverage our connections in the community which you know our law firm has been so privileged to serve some of these great companies around Columbus and that was one of the intangibles we thought we could provide you know when we look to our left and right if you will we're like these are these are employers that are eager for good talent and if we can help foster that relationship that's something that doesn't cost us anything right and it's something that's taken years to build up and that we are more than happy to um you know help facilitate and so it helps the companies it helps the families um and just kind of connect those dots but yes and so once the uh, person hopefully finds a role. Mm-hmm. Our goal is to just stair step them down slowly until they are, you know, fully economically sufficient on their own. So it's not funding forever. The right. goal is to get through an educational program, get placed in a job where you're earning a wage that you're able to um, support your family, and then to sort of stair step down from our program and have these families say, you know, look what I've achieved, and here I am. You know, right. that's that's the goal. Well, and so you've referenced it a couple of times in the the medium term. You're trying to serve both ends of the pipeline, right? Mm-hmm. You're trying to service uh, the women, the the single moms, mm-hmm. and you're also trying to service the employer to an extent yep. and provide them a more adequate workforce. Mm-hmm. Talk about how, and I don't know if you have all the kinks worked out of like <laughs> how to find, how to identify the needs on the other end of the pipeline, the employer end, uh-huh. and how to then identify candidates. Okay, absolutely. So um, we have had a lot of discussion about this. So we've been, one of the things that's been so cool about this process is I've realized um, what an awesome network of professionals we have in Columbus and how ex- mm-hmm. how excited they are to like get involved in a cause like this. So our advisory board is probably getting close to about 20 people okay. and they're business leaders from 
a lot of our clients and a lot of um, community organizations who've said, you know, regardless of whether my company steps in, like this is a cause I'm passionate about, I'm all for it. And so we have representatives from companies like um, Huntington, Cameron Mitchell Restaurants, National Church Residences, Nationwide, Big Lots, all on the advisory board. Okay. And so they're kind of speaking into what their business needs are too. And the cool thing is we've got people from HR, we've got former grant writers, we've got attorneys, which, you know, of course I'm one too, but right. um, we have all these different perspectives about what their business needs are, um, how their companies can help support this effort in a in a really tangible and sort of business focused way, which I think is really cool because we have the opportunity to do a ton of good, but we're really hoping that we provide some good to our our clients and to the businesses around central ohio and they have a voice around the table so they're able to say um this is what we're looking for this is where we see a gap in the in terms of the pool of applicants um can we get some women in the program that may be able to fill that gap and then we will reach out to community partners so our first community partner that's um we're working with is the center for healthy families that serves pregnant and parenting teens okay and they seemed like a really great fit and a natural sort of demographic for us because but for the fact that they're parenting, they very well may have considered college or some other, you know, had different, they would have had a different outlook on what their next step may be. So if we can fill in the childcare gap for them and they're able to fund their education, you know, we kind of, we make that possible. Our goal is to eliminate what seem like these mountains for women that are insurmountable and kind of take some of the barriers away so that they can go ahead and take that next step. And so as far as identifying a woman that would be um, great for our program, we're really going to leverage our community partners. Like who's ready for the opportunity, who's economically at the right spot where they just need this extra boost to get them over the line. Um, And we talk with them about that. We talk with them about the the data points, the tracking, the case management. And that's something that we're trying to get from our um, community partners. Right. Because at the end of the day, you want to be able to demonstrate like here are the, you know, for lack of a better term, here are the KPIs that we accomplished exactly. mm-hmm. it with, you know, because I imagine the advisory board has some, not direct financial stake, but most of them have given, yes. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yep. they want to see that their money is, is mm-hmm. going to good. Yeah. And I think a really cool thing for us as a business, you know, forward thinking, we, I love the fact that our clients probably don't even realize it, but some of what they're paying when they pay a legal bill on litigation is getting directly reinvested into the community. And mm-hmm. that, that's something that I think is really cool. And so having our several representatives from our clients around the table um, helps facilitate that sort of business model and that's that way of thinking. And, you know, it, I think it just enriched and deepened our partnerships with our existing clients who are sitting around the table. So. Just to go back to a previous point, we taught, you know, you don't want to be, you're not providing childcare for, you know, five years or for, well, so my question is, is how long do you think? Yeah. And I know maybe you don't know that yet because you haven't had beneficiaries yet, but how long do you think it'll take to provide child, adequate childcare for folks and then for them to be able to be stepped down, like you said. Mm -hmm. So at first we're really targeting those who would like to pursue some sort of an associates level degree. So we're looking at roughly a two year program. Mm -hmm. Uh, There are a lot of opportunities to partner with Columbus state local universities, Otterbein. We're starting to have conversations about how we might be able to partner. I mean, we've had some really great feedback from educational institutions that they too 
would like to get involved because it's something that they're identifying that their students really need, right? So um, we also see in the data that um, the difference between a woman with a high school diploma and an associate's degree, the woman with the associate's degree can earn on average 175% of what okay. someone with just a high school diploma. So we still see a very big bang for your buck, if you will, yeah. in terms of closing that wealth gap. And that's something that we feel like is probably the most manageable course just to get started. We're certainly not foreclosing and we're dreaming big and hoping that we can help people with bachelor's degrees and beyond. But we're also aware of programs like, for example, with Mount Carmel College of Nursing, where, you know, if they can get through the first two years, then they can they can work and, you know, have a scholarship from that organization actually to complete a bachelor's degree. So there may be some opportunities there where maybe we assist, get them working at a wage that can support their family, afford their apartment, afford food, afford childcare. Um, And then we have other organizations or colleges stepping in and getting them even further along. It's just opening that first door Mm -hmm. and kind of removing that barrier to get them moving is what we're trying to do. And so do you imagine those partnerships with educational institutions, those partnerships may help? I I guess I'm thinking, well, you've solved the childcare problem, Mm -hmm. right? But how are you solving the, you know, cost of education problem? Absolutely. And I don't think that that's actually something that we're going to solve for, at least not yet. I mean, that would be another area where we're going to need to partner with, um, at at least of right right now, we're going to need to partner with other organizations or the educational institutions on what the scholarship opportunities may be. And again, I think that that's where we rely upon the case management of our partner organizations too. Like the, you know, the social workers that are working with these families day in and day out are also identifying those types of opportunities and helping the women um, apply and get what they need. And so it's really once they have an opportunity identified, they're in a program they need this extra boost to make it work Mm -hmm. we're going to close that gap for them so that's when they reach out to us and then we kind of take it from there on the child care side gotcha and i think the only stakeholder that i haven't addressed here or (laughs) is the is the actual daycare yeah do you guys are you going to be stepping in in terms of qualifying what the daycare is or like the level of quality there like i know as a semi-new parent like there's there's a there's a range <laughs> Absolutely. Of, of what's available. And I think the other challenge is the range of need. Mm-hmm. So like whether it's night care or part time or, you know, there's oh, okay. quite a variation yeah. in what we're anticipating that some of these families are going to need. Um, so this is really cool. But um, Action for Children has stepped in as another organizational partner. Okay. And they know, I mean, everything about child care. They kind of are child care. They know the quality centers. They know the different types of care that are provided across the state, really. And so our hope is that we are going to be able to work with them. So once we've identified a mother, she's in our program, she's getting ready to go. She'll give us preferences on what or what her needs are geographically, Mm -hmm. you know, whatever else. Um, We'll be able to connect then with Action for Children to identify some centers that might be interested. Okay. And so then... um, our plan currently is that the center will invoice us directly. We'll pay the childcare costs. Um, and through that process with Action for Children, we'll know what the quality of the center is. And so it's going to have to be, for our program at least, it's going to have to be a top quality center to be involved in. So. Gotcha. How do you imagine this sort of, evalu- like I've sat on boards where we evaluate grant applications, right? Mm-hmm. And so what do you guys think is going to be the process? For Is somebody going to hand you guys a slate of here's half a dozen folks here's a narrative surrounding them here's their plan Mm -hmm. for what they're going to do when they have this child care 
how do you think that's going to work? Yeah, I think it's we we have some great support in developing that process from uh, the Columbus Women's Commission. So there, somebody is also on our um, sitting on our great. advisory board, and so that is that generally what you just described is probably what's going to happen. You know, mm-hmm. the details we're still working out with people who are far more experienced in that than I am. <laughs> but, but yes, um, that we we just talked about this again in our last advisory board meeting is kind of what do we what are we going to look for from these organizations as far as information that we need to be able to determine um, who the best candidates may be for this funding so gotcha what is the ask that you guys have is the goal here I mean you're Mm -hmm. you know you're here today for a reason (laughs) what how is it funding that you're looking for are there volunteer opportunities like I know the women's commission has their grant readers program what what's the ask yeah, the ask right now is funding. Honestly, okay. Um, I think we we know um, that it costs for one infant in a full time child care center in Ohio. It costs over nine thousand dollars a year, mm-hmm. and so we have metrics around that. We have metrics around um, multiple children, and um, we need to hit those numbers. And so okay. the, the higher we go, the more we can take. You know, the more people we can assist, and it's going to vary uh, depending on the family and what the family's needs are, how much we're going to need to contribute. So someone might just need a gap filled, and someone might need a full full funding for a period of time. Um, so it's it's going to vary. But right now, the big ask is funding. There will we do definitely envision volunteer opportunities, though. I mean, we really want to wrap around these women and these families and be there for them, like more than just someone who's paying a childcare bill. You right. know, we want to help with resume writing or interview prep or connecting yeah. them with Dress for Success. I mean, these are all things that are so easy for us as women who who are already in professional jobs with a network and, and men too. I mean, we've got several male advocates on our advisory board, which is really awesome because it's, it's really a community issue. You know, it's building up, um, building up these families that it feels stuck right now. You right. Know? What's your timeline for how, like, do you envision having sort of like classes or cohorts of women Mm -hmm. like and how many folks do you believe that'll be (laughs) and when does that first when do you hit the ground yeah that's a great question so we believe that by the fall we like as of today okay we believe that we can assist uh, two families okay um but we would love to get to the point where yes we have like cohorts of women and then they form a network together i mean it's a that would be the dream right and so it's just it really comes down to the dollars you know and so we're looking at um grant opportunities that we can apply to mm-hmm. individual funding um certainly we're live on the website we can take donations anytime <laughs> and we will yeah. link that in the show notes indeed <laughs> but yeah that's the that's the big ask right now because we really can't make any of this go until we reach the level that we can commit and mm-hmm. we don't you know the last thing we would ever want to do is commit to a family and then not be able to deliver and so do you think it's probably going to end up being an annual thing where you say this fall we're doing this mm-hmm. and obviously we have a goal of it increasing the number of families that we're assisting next year like that's probably how your cycle is going to go. I would imagine. Go. Yeah, I would imagine that's the case. There's, I suppose there's a chance that it could run on the, like the school semester. So like a right. fall push and then maybe a January, like start of the next semester type of push. But yeah, um, yeah at least annually. So. But I imagine as the organization, this is sort of a sidetrack, but <laughs> as the organization progresses, you're going to, you know, formalize an onboarding process and you're going to, you know, talk about mm-hmm. sort of providing some of those other soft skills basically absolutely Absolutely. yeah yep that's absolutely right that's on the roadmap yeah it's it's definitely on the roadmap it's just been really cool to see this thing grow it was like just a small idea 
that we thought was a little bit crazy at first. And I'm like, yeah, we'll go for it. We'll have some conversations and to see the community support and people come out and um, jump in and give their time and talents and um, really bring aspects that I certainly could not provide. I mean, some I I look back and sometimes I say like, you know, when I look at what we what's going, you know, the yeah. momentum that's building, I'm like, I just feel like I had this idea that I put in the universe and all these people swooped in and made it happen, <laughs> right. know, which is so cool it and takes such a, village, a great, truly. it so does. And I, I definitely love my village a lot. They're great. And so does so. large companies, large corporations have, you know, sort of their signature nonprofit or their signature cause. Yeah. Is this what, is this what it's going to be for Perez and Morris? I think it could be. I mean, so, uh, I guess a little bit. I mean, it's not like you can easily see on the website that it's a Perez, a Perez and a Perez (laughs) as the, uh, you know, your husband and your father-in-law. Yeah. yeah, yeah. The founding board members. Yeah. Yeah. So, the, the like I guess a little bit about it. We've always been very heavily involved in philanthropy. And okay. I know even like five, ten years ago when I would talk with my father-in-law who founded our law firm about 20 years ago, mm-hmm. you know, he would say that his legacy is not about the legal work. It's about how what he's been able to do with the this vehicle that is our like revenue generating law firm, you know, all the ministry he's been able to support. His passion is around uh, the homeless community and digging water wells. Okay. And so we've heavily invested in both of those areas um, throughout the course of his leadership. And this is sort of my spin on it, I guess I would say. So um, as our firm transitions over the next however many years and he sort of steps back and I step in, um, Mm -hmm. this is sort of my my take on a foundation or my building upon a foundation that was laid long before me. So, um, yeah, we've it just kind of. It's taking the, it's like version 2.0. Yeah, it's taking flight. Absolutely. Well, Sarah, thank you so much for your time and best of luck. Thank you very much for the opportunity. Thank you for listening to the Confluence Cast presented by Columbus Underground. Again, you can get more information on what we discussed today in the show notes for this episode at theconfluencecast.com. Please rate, subscribe, share this episode of the Confluence Cast with your friends, family, contacts, enemies, your mother. If you're interested in sponsoring the Confluence Cast, get in touch with us. We can be reached by email at info at theconfluencecast.com. Our theme music was composed by Benji Robinson. Our producer is Philip Cogley. I'm your host, Tim Fulton. Have a great week.